the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. As we head into Hour 3, we do so as we do almost every Thursday with Sam Stone. He is a candidate, certainly my candidate, I hope yours, uh, for city council. We still have races left, as he likes to remind you. There is an election coming up. It will be in 2023, but it will be in the first uh, quarter of 2023. Sam for uh, city council in District 6, samstone.vote. He's also the host of his own radio show, heard here on Saturdays, Breaking Battlegrounds. And to me, just one of the most interesting minds and uh, intellects around um, around the Valley of the Sun. So, Sam, welcome back and welcome in. Well, thank you, Seth. But I, I don't want to talk about anything intellectual at all today. You don't? I don't. I want to, I've I want got to talk stuff about, I, I, want to, I want to talk about something. You want to do fun? I want to talk about something near and dear to my heart. You want to have fun? All right. You I can do. start. You know how to do a radio let's, show. Let's talk, ab- let's talk about pizza. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. Yeah, Fine. no. We need to talk about pizza. We need to Seth. process our grievances today. Are we yeah. having an airing of resentments? What is well, this, we, an early festivist? We are, we are having an airing of resentments because normally right now this day I would be back in upstate New York visiting my family for Christmas. Do they know pizza in upstate? Uh, no. <laughs> This is this is the problem. They are so close, and yet no. The answer is no. So they live in Saratoga Springs, which is a swanky little town yeah. just north of Albany. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's fantastic. Great place to go watch the horse racing. Yeah. Uh, I remember cigarette commercials for Saratoga cigarettes or something. Oh, yeah, that that's right. It, that's tobacco, right. They did have a, a – yeah, there, there was a – Tobacco yeah. leaves up there? Yeah. Well, it, not anymore. Not anymore. I mean, it's New York, yeah. right? Like, good luck having a tobacco farm in well, New York in, in Western 2022. Mass Anyway, go well, ahead. Mass isn't quite as nuts. Let's as go New back York. to pizza. It's safer yeah, than let's nicotine. Go. Okay, okay so, so here's the thing. They have a lot of expensive pizza, and it's crud. Right. It's crap. Right. Can I say that on the air? Once. Once. Okay. okay. Well, I, I used it up for the day. It's garbage. <laughs> it's garbage. Fancy pizza is terrible. Yeah. Fancy pizza in general, I'm totally with you. I am not in. I am totally with you. There is... Maybe we shouldn't say the name. People will know what we're talking about. There is someone locally who's very well known for his, it's. It's not my thing. It's not pizza. I think it's a bad excuse to eat arugula. It's, it's decorated flatbread. It's it's decorated flatbread just so you can get your arugula quotient. Yes. That's all it is. Which arugula is not meant to be consumed by Correct. humans. Correct. Here's my thing about arugula. It's the food my food eats. That's right. No, see, you went exactly where I was going with yeah, this. Yeah. This is what the Ron cow. Swanson would have a field day. This is this. what the cow is supposed to eat yeah. before I eat the cow. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. Remember Ron Swanson from Parks yes. and Rec? That's an is old one of my one of my heroes. <laughs> Mine too. Uh, All right, uh, but no, there's no, there's no good pizza there, and so I, I'm. Is there good this... pizza in Phoenix? Let me stipulate okay. something. See if you agree with this. Yeah. Are you you and I are foodies? We I yeah, think no. We like I'm food. I'm I, I, look. Is. Anyone who's seen me knows I like food. <laughs> me too. That's <laughs> what right. it is, folks. Um, some people say, "Oh, this is the best pizza." Oh, you have to go there. I've never been that guy. I've never no. I've never said, "Oh, you have to go there." A lot of it is just kind of all the same to me. But there is a style I like, and it's usually not fancy or expensive. It's New York, and it's I mean I like. There's a couple in town that just. Anyway. I, I like. I'm with you 100. percent 
I don't like you the have fancy. to go there. No, I don't like the fancy pizza, no, and I will not there. eat the fast food cardboard. I've never been impressed by these places. People say, "Oh, you have to try." No, it's all right. Uh, you know, I'm I'm actually a fan of uh, streets in New York. Yep, I think um, they're fine. Pats on Twelfth and Glendale. Yeah. Yep. I know some people knock them, but as for a basic New York slice, it works works for me. You and I, this is why I like you. Um, you know, but oh, no, let's go out with Common Man by John Conley. Can yeah, we? Th- this is not a great pizza town, despite all the hype. I know. Is it the water? Is it, it may. It may. Is the, is, it may be. I mean, I know that's water. That's an issue with bagels. Yeah, right. That's right? Uh, that's. I learned that from Son of a Woman. You yeah, get bread outside of New York because of the alkalinity of the water. Well, there's a there's a bagel place that was my favorite uh, in Denver that actually imports their water from New I've York. I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of that. All right, are we done with this? I think we're done. With this. I was going to ask you a something political. I said this the other day, and I regretted saying it on air, but I think I'm almost right about this. It just seems like lately everything in our politics word I'll only use once sucks. Just think things yeah. need to stop stinking. I, I you get that sense. I, I do, we're not I ending the year well. I do. I you know this is I and I don't think anybody's really happy right now. No. I mean, if you look around, it's not like Democrats are having a great time. <laughs> um, you know, Republicans are ticked off across the country. Yeah. Independents are caught in the middle, ducking bullets from both sides. They're not happy. Mm-hmm. I just get the sense that we have. We've come to a place where this country is really, really dissatisfied for a lot of reasons. And my my concern is I'm not sure how reconcilable those are because the reasons are fundamentally opposed to one another in many cases. Not just different, but 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 they are polar opposites where one possibility would exclude the other. I really recoiled uh, for the last two years when I saw friends of mine on in the conservative movement on social media or elsewhere talking about we need a separation, not not a not a secession, but really a separation. We really aren't one country anymore. I really recoiled from that. But the truth of the matter is it looks like it's going to be damned hard to put this place together. Really, really hard. 15, we are very divided. We are. Um, Fifteen years ago, uh, when right when I first got into professional politics. Um, I told everybody I thought within my lifetime the United States would no longer be 50 states. You thought? I, I thought that 15 years ago. And people called me a crackpot. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally. And I kind of understood. I mean, you know, you got this guy. You weren't saying it 15 years but, ago. But but I wasn't saying it facetiously and yeah. I wasn't saying it without cause. Um, I could see some of the roots of the dissension that is tearing us apart right now um, be, because in a large part – and there's a, there's a lot of good books about this, um, you know, from the Great Degeneration to a whole whole list of others um, that talk about the lack of connection Americans now have with one another, with our communities, the associations that we've given up over the years, um, everything from uh, things like the Elks and, you know, yep. uh, those type of things to church yep. being kind of the central one. If you go back Voluntary to associations, little platoons, yeah, whatever you, you want to call you go back to the, the 1950s. Yeah. The average American was a was a member of like seven or eight, I think, different institutions or organizations, groups. Um, now it's less than one. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think centrally religion has been replaced by politics mm-hmm. in a large measure for both sides. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really dangerous because religion, by its definition, is a system of belief, not rationality. 
and it means tie. It means to tie religiously. Yes, and and it's the root of tying. It's it's also something where, you know, yeah, you you also get this otherness that comes from it, right? Where we define people by that association, and then people who aren't part of that association are on the outside, and it's easy to be discriminatory and and frankly violent towards people who are other. And and that worries me. I think we're in a very bad place. And and I I believe hardcore return to federalism, which the federal government does not want. I mean, you know, you have to – there's a sort of third interest here. There's Mm -hmm. there's the people Mm -hmm. left and right, but then there's the government itself and its interest is mostly appears to be in its own power. Mm -hmm. Um, The people that are inside it are are focused on improving – not the lives of the citizens that they they view themselves, frankly, now as rulers of, um, but simply in in terms of control. And so it's hard to, to reconcile that desperate need for control emanating from the federal government with the possibility that we would really engage in a federalist uh, deconstruction of Washington power, really hand it back to the states. And that, that to me, is the only solution that keeps us as 50 states. One of the things that makes me so pessimistic about it is looking at, you were referencing these mediating institutions. We might as well use the phrase unifying institutions as well, which is what the common school used to be about, which is what right. the school system used to be about. You look at the school wars today from the university on down, really, to kindergarten. You look at uh, what the teachers' unions think their job is and what teaching used to be versus what it is now. You look at this thing at Stanford. You see this language list that came out of Stanford? They're not even wanting you to use the word American American, anymore. yeah. I, and yet they complain about us not being unified anymore. Well, you know, they, 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 their complaints about unity are a canard. Their complaint is not about unity. Their complaint is that other people are allowed to think differently than them, mm-hmm. and they believe that people should be enforced. I mean, when you have that kind of list, that list is force. It's a use of power um, to tell people what they can and can't say, and by extension, then what they can and can't think. And we've seen this expand throughout academia, as you say, from the top all the way down to, to the kindergarten system. It is indoctrination on a coordinated organized scale nationwide. And I, I mean, I got to tell you, if I had a kid right now, I'd be terrified. How do you get them through their, their K-12 years without them being Let me Let me pick up on that with you when we come right back. Sam Stone is our guest. You can check him out and hopefully support him by going to his website, samstone.vote. John Connolly will take us out. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. Sam Stone is my guest. He is uh, running for city council in District 6 here in Phoenix, and I think uh, his election will be a really important marker in uh, in keeping Phoenix, uh, at least the good parts uh, of Phoenix, good, and uh, hopefully addressing and redressing some of the things that uh, have seen some social destruction. If you like Phoenix yeah. now um, and you don't like L.A. now, mm-hmm. Then I need your vote. That's a better way to put it. If you like L.A., if you're like, hey, that's our future, then my opponent opponent is your guy. Um, But if you don't, then, hey, I need your vote. And uh, The district is Arcadia, Ahwatukee, Biltmore, a little bit of Central Phoenix. If you know anyone who's living in there, folks, make sure because nobody turns in their darn ballots. We had like 100,000 votes cast in the – 
in the November election. Well, this runoff, we're going to be lucky to have 30,000 votes cast in this race. So, I mean, really, let person you call and are like, hey, vote for Sam. That might be the, the, the winning vote. You know, Sam uh, is is one of these unique uh, unique candidates for office. I was going to say politician. That's the wrong word. He's a unique candidate for office in that he holds nothing back, and he says exactly what is on his mind. I was at a meeting of supporters of his the other day, and what impressed me was the diversity of that support. I mean, uh, Republicans I disagree with, Republicans I agree with, and even, i got to tell you, a few Dems. Yeah. So, you know. Um, no, look, I, I have, uh, you know. Or the consensus candidate as I, far as I, I'm concerned. I have uh, Joan, Joan Green, who uh, ran against Andy Biggs twice as a Democrat. Um, you know, she endorsed my campaign. She ran in the – she finished, I think, third or fourth. She and Moses Sanchez were, were right behind me in the primary there. Um, she's endorsed me. Uh, Jarrett Maupin, uh, yeah. local black activist yeah. leader, um, is there and supporting like Sal DeCicio, Carrie, uh, you know, Carrie Lake. I, I, when, you, when you have everybody from Joan Green to Carrie Lake, Sal DeCicio to, to Jarrett Maupin on your team, yeah. um, it means you're doing some things right. Yep, exactly. You know, exactly. Um, and that's. Really, I just try to be open-minded about this, and I think that's what a lot of Democrats really find, you know, refreshing. Is that I'm not trying to to stomp their ideas down. I'm just trying to focus on things that are going to make life in Phoenix better for all of us. And if they have an idea that works, I'm working with it. I'm taking it. Let me go back uh, to a little bit of what we were discussing in the previous segment, Sam. You know, it's an odd thing to be. It's an odd thing to me that the mark now of a um, reasonable conservative, a reasonable Republican, is someone who calls out the crud on both sides. I'm very critical of the left and Democrats and spend most of my time criticizing the left and the Democrats, but I have criticized a lot of Republicans over the years as well, including, you know, presidents and candidates I've worked for and supported. And it seems to me right now that you can't be that anymore. You can't do that anymore. So when I criticize – let's talk about division. Uh, I would criticize obviously uh, some of the stuff Donald Trump said and did. Mm-hmm. I would equally criticize Nancy Pelosi shredding the State of the Union on national TV, standing behind him, as I would criticize them unfurling the Ukrainian flag there yesterday. Yeah, absolutely both of those. Yes. Right? All, all of yep. these things. But you're not going to find a lot of Democrats agreeing with you, and they think you're a rabid right-winger to think that that actually is important. Well, gosh, darn it, it is important. It is important. You can't talk to me about disunity while you're happy to watch people stamp and burn on the American flag and promote a foreign nation's no, look, flag you, at you, your Congress. The left has just spent the last month having a mental breakdown and going all out attacking Elon Musk mm-hmm. because he mm-hmm. exposed them mm-hmm. to thought from the right. Mm-hmm. That they were so siloed that just simply seeing you, – you saw them all commenting, I'm seeing all this stuff in my Twitter feed that's mm-hmm. horrible. I'm sorry. I get stuff from Democrats every day. All the time. Welcome to the Twitter that Republicans Welcome have to had. America. Yeah. Welcome to your fellow Americans. Yeah. So, you know, look, I, I mean this is the left's intolerance. You can is, also mute them if you don't like yeah. seeing it. Like we have intolerant people on the right, also. Yeah, There's sure. no no question about that, and I'm not a big fan. I don't like intolerant. I I don't like closed mindedness either um, on our side. But the difference is that I talk to the majority of Republicans. They're open minded about problems on both sides of the aisle, 
and they look at both sides and they go, well, this could be better. That could be better. I don't like what they're doing here. I don't like what they're doing there. You have very thoughtful analysis. You talk to Democrats. Their worldview is so warped. It's so narrow. It's so bubbled up mm-hmm. that they and are – and yeah, hot. yeah, they they are they are. I mean, you know, look if if someone is going to start with the position that because I don't subscribe to their gender ideology, right. that I then hate all people who define themselves as transgender or something like whatever. I'm sorry. There's no room for me to have a conversation with you at that point and explain that I don't care what somebody does to themselves. You know, I, you know, look if you're an adult and you want to chop your your PP off, go ahead. You know, you know, but but go ahead. but I have a big problem with what they're doing with kids. I can have a nuanced discussion on the right about this. Mm-hmm. I cannot have a nuanced totally. discussion on the left. Absolutely. Um, Thomas Jefferson's first inaugural said, "We're all Federalists. We're all Republicans. The two parties. Every difference of opinion is not a difference of principle. We don't seem to have differences of opinion anymore. We are now in the world of arguing principle. I think neo-Marxism versus something of Western civilization. The funny thing about Elon Musk." If he were here sitting with us, Sam, and we just took 10 of the top political issues of the day, public policy issues of the day, I bet you and I would not agree with him on at least 8 out of 10. I was going to say 6 or 7. Okay, but I you mean, take the point. He's a fairly libertarian-ish guy, right. but he's 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 left libertarian. Um so libertarian, but but just left of center. If you follow, you know, yes. his ideas, and yet I think Larry Elder may have written this the other day. Our mutual friend, I think it was Larry. Um, someone, someone smart wrote the other day on Twitter. If Joseph Stalin, Adolf Hitler, and Elon Musk were walking down the street, the leftist would shoot Elon Musk. And, and, <laughs> and I, I think that's right. I, I agree. It is. And the funny part was Elon Musk actually responded and said, that oh, they, you saw this. Yeah, and they yeah. missed both shots. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you saw this, too. I, I, yeah. I, look, I, I'm really I've been a fan of what Elon Musk is sure. doing with Twitter. I like the fact that there's more left uh, leaning people popping up in my feed now that it's more varied. Yep. I like that I'm getting my local representatives from across the spectrum that are popping up in my feed. They're clearly making some adjustments to the algorithm to expose people to a wider range of viewpoints. And you know what? I'm sorry, the left. uh, You need to sit down and shut up on this one. You need it. They need it. We need it. Everybody needs it. I spend time, Seth, every single day. And look, it makes me mad sometimes. But I get up. I read the wall. I, I read my Wall Street Journal. Um, I read New York Post, Washington Examiner, but then I read the That's what I do. Then I read the Washington Post. Then I read the Washington, the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Then I read the Arizona Republic. Eighty percent of the left will not do that. No, and you know what? If we're being honest, forty percent of our movement does do it. Probably. Probably. Right now, but we can't escape their stuff either. We don't no, have to go actively read the New York Times. We're inundated and suffused with it. That's actually that's kind, the of, other kind of one of the things. Is yeah. if you talk to people on the right, they're very aware of yes. what leftist <laughs> they can't avoid it. points yeah. are. Yeah. And you, t- you talk to people on the left, they're clueless right. about the right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. I got a lot more for you, Sam, as long as we're angering everyone <laughs> i'm so oh, well that's my favorite thing to do <laughs> we'll do well we will do some of your favorite things when we come back
Sam Stone is my guest. He is running for city council in District 6, which is where we blessedly broadcast from. He has his own radio show, Breaking Battlegrounds, heard every Saturday right here on this station. He has become a good friend and someone I admire very much as a person and as an intellect. Um, Big news uh, and talking about divisions within the right and the conservative movement, Zelensky in America. Yeah. I'll just say this with certainty and then we'll take it from there. I bet not a single Democrat in the House of Representatives or Senate that was lauding him yesterday took the time to ask him, you know that phone call you had with Donald Trump a couple of years ago? Did you ever feel any pressure on it? I bet they didn't ask because they'd know the answer. No, they absolutely did not ask that. I absolutely did not. Look, um, watching this yesterday, I I ended up getting mad at both the left and the right again. Me too. Um, First, look – separate the people from their political leadership, right? I believe that in this world we have now, that when you are invaded by another country, that the people, the the, the people of the world have a moral obligation to the people of that land to try to help protect them. And I think we're doing the right thing by doing that. I'm not arguing that. But, and and some people on the right get very mad when you say that. Right, no, because... So far I'm with you. The Ukrainian government is corrupt as can be. Right. They are they're dirty. Zelensky is dirty. You didn't become a billionaire hmm. in politics by uh, you know being Mother Teresa. I mean, you just don't. So let's 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 be honest about it. Um we need to be able to have a nuanced discussion about this. Yeah, we should be helping Ukraine, but we should be demanding that our European allies step up and 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 come to the table with some level of commitment similar to what we're doing. And that's on our president. That's on our president. We just keep rolling over and letting them off the, the hook. The previous president got the EU to stand up, and that's, at least with NATO. And that, frankly, is why Donald Trump was so hated by EU leaders around the world is because But he, it's also why Putin didn't he, invade Ukraine under it Donald Trump. It is exactly Trump. right. But Donald Trump, in terms of foreign policy, was the best president of, well, since Reagan. Yeah. I, I put the two of them at the top yeah. side by side. No I can't differentiate. It's no. different eras. But, right. but both of them made the world significantly safer through their actions and their strength. So, I mean, there's no question at all about that. But let's stop on one other thing. Yeah. Listen, Mr. President Zelensky, find a freaking coat yeah. and a pair of slacks, dude. Because that outfit he wore. It's not I the mean, improv. It's not the improv. But you know what that was? That was the modern Eastern European version of the Latin American dictators of the 80s showing up with their military cut jackets and 73 rows of fake awards on it. That's what he did. He wore the same outfit. It's just a modernized version of it. I, Stop. It turned me off. I was more angry about the unfurling of the Ukrainian flag. Oh, that, I have that, to tell you. No, that was If you totally want to play wrong. into everyone's concerns yes. about who you are and what you think about America and – Well, and, and Mitch that, McConnell coming out and saying this is the number one – Not even a, close. It's not top, top 20. 10 priority. I, maybe no. not top 20. No, I think you're right. It's probably not. And yeah. so, I mean, while again, while I do see yep. a moral obligation yep. to protect and help the people of Ukraine. Like we used the Munich analogy our whole lives. It's never really been as close to accurate as this. Quite frankly, you have a mad dictator armed to the teeth invading a country that didn't ask to be or deserve to be invaded. It's it, it, it is pretty close to that analogy that we have overworn for I don't know, combined between you and me 105 years or something. It's been right. overworn and overdone. And that's what we forget about crying wolf. At the end of the day, there's a wolf. 
yeah, there is a wolf. And and look, Vladimir Putin is a terrible, terrible human being. I I love, you know, my favorite Bush Cheney moment mm-hmm. was was Bush being asked after meeting Putin, said he looked in his eyes and saw yeah, someone, yeah, saw yeah, a friend. Yeah. And then somebody bothered to ask Dick Cheney about it. Yeah. He said, he growls, like, I looked in his eyes and I saw three letters. KGB. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's right. All right. Um. I didn't know where you would be on that, and it's, I think we're pretty much also on the on the same exact uh, on the same exact square. Let me, you know, you and I did not have a chance because I was out a little bit for our visit last week, and I think it. Anyway, we didn't talk about the Kirsten Cinema. No, we didn't get to do that. You yeah. Want to do that on the so What's my yeah. uh, time here on Bill? Oh, okay. Um, so for those who uh no Kristen or or don't Kristen Cinema leaving the Democratic Party. I was very tempered about it. In thinking that you know, slow slow the roll, folks. This this isn't monumental. I think, I think I, it says something interesting about what the Republicans are going to do about it here too. But let's pick up and your brain on all that when we come right back. Sam Stone is my guest. Breaking battlegrounds is his radio show. He has here uh, every Saturday afternoon on nine sixty The Patriot. His website is samstone.vote. Sam for six, District Six here in Phoenix, and that election is this March. So even if you're dejected about outcomes that uh, outcomes that you wished had eventuated that didn't, you got one more shot here, and it's a good one. And the city clerk is counting the votes, not Maricopa County. There you go. There you go. And I know her. We're good. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by our good friends at Y-Refi, and they are good friends. They have an investment opportunity in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return. It's not tied to the stock market. It's a portfolio and an investment where you can turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you like, and no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. It's an investment in a secure collateralized portfolio that has an up to 10.25% rate of return, 10 and a quarter percent. A due diligence approved firm, you can check them out at investyrefi.com. That's the word invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. That's 888-YREFI-34. Really good guys. We both know them well and uh, like them a whole bunch, and you will too if you have uh, interest in calling or talking to them. Okay, tell me about what cinema leaving the party of the Democrats means to you, Sam. Ooh, it means excitement to okay. me. Right. I, I mean, honestly, Seth, this this is actually, I, I think, two potential scenarios here to start with, and then that leads to a whole bunch of other op- options. And I, I'm I'm actually really kind of geeked, as you can tell, about this, yeah. um, because as no, a more than I thought you would. No, <laughs> Let's as, hear a, it. as a poli- as a political theorist, <laughs> yeah, right, and as no. someone who's into this stuff, this opens the door for what could be one of the really interesting races, Senate races, uh, in in the, my lifetime in this country. So, it, two things: one, is Cinema really running again? I mean. There's a play here where she leaves the Democrat Party simply so that she doesn't take as much fire while she finishes out her term. And I've heard from folks who are close to her and are good friends of hers that she has very much signaled that she may not run again. So in that case, what she did was just simply get herself out of the line of fire, make her life a little bit easier for the next year and change, whatever – and honestly, that go out with an interesting bank. Yeah, yeah. And that you know what, and set yourself up for a very interesting post-elected yeah. career. Okay. Um, so that, that there's that. So 
Leaving that aside, though, let's assume she runs. Now, now, now we're into my special sauce territory. This yeah. is fun stuff right yeah. here. Um, so you're going to have a, a Democrat primary and a Republican primary. A lot of people pushing for a Doug Ducey type candidate or a more centrist Republican candidate, yeah. but they're going to be in a they're going to be in a dogfight in a primary, and so it's very likely that you end up with a MAGA type candidate running on the right. Mm-hmm. Um, the Democrats, it's very likely that they end up with a socialist, hardcore lefty like Ruben Gallego because yeah. they're going to have a primary. And now their primary is like shifted. For them, right? He looks like the front runner for them. Greg Stanton, uh, you know, I mean, there's, there's, they've got a few. Yeah. They've got That's a few. an interesting fight. Who wins the Stanton Gallego fight? I, I think Gallego I do does. too. I do too. That's just a gut. Yeah. I mean, but that would be a really fun fight to yeah. watch. Yeah. I mean, you know, because they'll both be funded. It's not a fight Stanton would want, I wouldn't think. I it's don't not th- the kind of fight he I likes. don't think so, yeah. and I don't expect him to yeah. jump into it. Yeah. I think Ruben is going to be in there. But there will be a Democratic establishment that will want Stanton and not Gallego. Yeah, and there, there, will, there will be, I think, a primary on their side, a real one, which is really rare at this point. Yep. So what you may have is is a, an enormous ideological split among candidates from the very far left to the very far right, mm-hmm. and it's very likely that the le- the farther left and farther right <laughs> everything come out of that. Cinema was trying to tell us, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and then that she can squeeze down the middle. Yeah. But if either side elects somebody who's more palatable to the center, then her road becomes really really narrow. Right. Um. Now, here's the really interesting thing about her. If I were her, if I were advising her, I would tell her right now to go start caucusing with the Republicans. Don't change. Stay as an independent, but start caucusing. Buddy up to the Republicans. And if I were her, I would run center right. I would run the center right lane. I would force the right. Still conservative, social liberal. Yeah. Because she's not going to change. I'm going to hold enough of the Dems. Right. Yeah. That if I run into that um, that area, I, I'm going to almost guarantee that I'm running against the MAGA candidate mm-hmm. on on my right, yep. and I'm running against a Ruben, yep. nutty socialist on my left, yep. and now my lane is is pretty big. Yeah. So it's and really, that would be the secret sauce. It would be fiscal conservatism and social liberalism for yeah, her. Look, for her. For her, and and you know what? Look, we've just seen that's a winner. I, I know Republicans don't want to admit this. There are certain elements. I think we fight the wrong elements of the culture wars. A lot of times we fight the wrong elements. Um, we don't fight the we don't, we're not we're not focused enough on fighting the most extreme things. We fight things that that are broadly popular yeah, and fighting yeah. things that are broadly popular. And, and look, I'm going to tick some folks off there. Some legal legal system for abortion is broadly popular in this country. I don't care. I'm, I, you know, I, uh, the, the truth of the matter is the 15-week abortion ban yeah. is is into the second trimester and polls at about 70% and when that, broken that is down. A, that is a very reasonable it's position, It's a totally reasonable position. That's what Mississippi um, did. It's what we Republicans well, and, can't seem to explain and, and for frankly, some reason. And frankly, it's what all of Europe has done, yes, 12 to 15 course. weeks, somewhere in there. And we don't explain it, and we we try Run to fight cha- yes, the, the extreme ground, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or we cower from it, right? So, but I think she she's going to hold center positions on some of the most popular positions there um, from abortion, and let's not underestimate marijuana, right. which is still playing an, an impact in elections. Yeah. Um, 
Republicans need to focus on fighting the things that are unpopular that we should be beating, like the transgender movement, which is just taking the, the GLBT movement or GLB movement, whatever you want to call it, and throwing it. I mean, frankly, throwing it under the bus, they're they're marginalizing the L's, acting almost like they, they're not worthy of existence anymore. So um, fight there, right? Fight for what they're doing to our kids. Fight the indoctrination. Fight the anti-Americanism. But stop fighting battles you've already lost. And cinema doesn't have to. And that gives her a very powerful position. I'm really excited for that. I want to see a real three-way. Yeah. I want to see them go after this thing. This is where I throw to you the question of what to do with this gift that I was given. It's clearly an LP. You know how much I love music and that if it's an LP, you know it's going to be classic, either jazz or rock probably or 70s. Which means it's worth opening. But the wrapping is so great. It's a Washington series of Washington Post – I mean – You've got William Buckley, Richard Nixon's. It's 1972. You got a picture of John Wayne on the other side sitting with Spiro Agnew. Why would I want I, the wrapping? Might be better than the 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 shell. Might be better than the nut. Well, I mean, look, I have packs of baseball cards from the 80s that are still unopened. Yeah. <laughs> Just on the hope and the dream that there there is, you know, the the. Uh, do you have Magnum PI toys? I do, unopened. I, and not unopened. I played. I played with my toys. I played with them <laughs> to death. I look back at all this. I had that giant. If you do you remember the giant Millennium Falcon toy that was like it was of huge. Of course. Yeah. So I, I. I. Yeah. I had that. I was all over it. If you have one of those mint today, yeah. like you're a wealthy thousands man. of dollars. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mine. I, I still have it, but all right. No I'm, one's paying. I'm going to clean you up a little bit and have you send a nice holiday message to everyone when we come right back. Let it never be said that Sam Stone doesn't speak his mind, but also his heart. And uh, we are in um, in that season, Hanukkah, Christmas. This is, uh, I guess, my last live broadcast until after Christmas, till next week. So, Sam, uh, you are going to hopefully be representing a big portion of this community. Your holiday message and wishes to people. Oh, well, Seth, it's been a tough year for everybody. I, I think it's been a tough few years, really 2021, 22. Um, they, they've been rough on everybody out there, folks. I would guess I, I my Christmas message is have a little bit of compassion for the people who you don't agree with. Um, be willing to reach out and talk to somebody who's different and has different experiences. But two, and, and I try to find something like this every year at Christmas to do. I really urge everyone out there to find some way to be of service to your fellow humans during this time. Um, you know, maybe or, or your fellow pets. I mean, you know, go down to the the homeless shelter and, and walk a dog. Um, it'll make that dog's day. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if you go go down to um, go down to uh, the homeless shelter, feed. You know, participate with the food bank. St. Mary's a great way to participate. Um, take some time. Take some some care for that other person. One of the things that I really like, we've got a lot of foster kids here in Arizona who aren't, aren't looking at having much of a Christmas folks. Yeah. 
And if you can adopt a foster kid and just get them a gift. Um, I I remember a few years ago, my mother adopted one in in upstate New York in the town there. Um, This this poor young lady um, was very disabled in addition to being in the foster system, um, really had difficulty using her hands and that sort of thing. And my mother um, got her an uh, Alexa-enabled iPad, you know, not iPad, but uh, Amazon, uh, whatever that is. And... Um, in an Alexa speaker, mm-hmm. you know, and suddenly this kid could interact with the world in a way she hadn't before. And she also was like immediately the star of that foster home because she had this cool stuff um, that made that made her Christmas. Yeah. But but it probably made a lot more than that. Um, and I know for my mother and people, you know, I, and I do these things every year. I try to find some some thing like that where it's on a very personal level to do. Um, not just giving money to to an organization, but taking the time to engage directly with somebody that you're you're helping. It will make your heart bigger. Be the present. Be the yeah, present. It's yeah. it's needed this year more than ever. Do an act of kindness, folks. If you can for me, just do one act of kindness over this holiday season. Nice. I saw Sam well up on that one, too, as deservedly he should be, as we all should be. Sam, thank you for your friendship. Thank you for your public service. Uh, Likewise, Seth. It it has been a a blessing and a pleasure getting to know you more. You, too. You, too. All right, folks. Until, well, we'll have our show tomorrow, but uh, I won't be live with you until after Christmas. So until then, God bless you all and class dismissed. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 